This is Notable Nerds, a pro nerd report podcast where we introduce you to really cool nerds who are doing really cool things. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my goal is to highlight nerdy, talented people who are killing it in the world. In each episode, we will hear their origin story, and they will impart a bit of advice and wisdom to others who might be looking to get in their industry or just learn something new. Without further ado, thank you for joining us, and now let's meet today's Notable Nerd. Hey, it's your boy Sebastian. Just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode of Notable Nerds was recorded before I changed the podcast name from The Pro Nerd Report to Notable Nerds. Notable Nerds is a podcast under the Pro Nerd Report brand. Just wanted to let you know so you didn't think you were listening to the wrong show. That said, thank you and enjoy. So coming up on today's show, I'm giving you my review of an indie game called Kyrian, and we have a very special guest with up-and-coming Twitch superstar Gaming Bear in the building to talk about some cool anime and dope tech that should be in video games. All this and more on this episode of The Pro Nerd Report. This is The Pro Nerd Report, the newest premiere podcast where once a week we talk about all the sweet and spicy nerdy goodness that you need to know about. You can find this on YouTube.com on the New Factions Game site as well as all podcast services. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get the show a day early as well as get the show ad-free, you can do so by becoming a Patreon producer at Patreon.com slash The Pro Nerd Report. It's time for another episode of The Pro Nerd Report. Topic number one. So let's start off with a game I've been playing on Xbox Game Pass that I think a lot of people are sleeping on, and that's Carrion. So Carrion is a Metrovania game where you play as a monster and you're trying to just mow down all the humans, robots, and anything else in your path to achieve your goal. You try to like become bigger by absorbing everything. So think of like Majin Buu from Dragon Ball Z mixed in with Flubber. And then you throw in a little venom and carnage. And that's pretty much this game. So I didn't know what to make of this at first. This game came out like a while ago, but I never really played it. But never in my life did I think I'd want to be like a John Carpenter style monster. Never. Not even once. But damn does Carrion make playing as a being that looks like the love child of Flubber and Carnage fun. There is a genuine fun factor to this game. So here's my review, just top level review of Carrion. So let's start with the good. The atmosphere is insanely well crafted. Everything from the eerie music to the vivid and colorful 8-bit art style sets the mood for this horror site. You can tell that Phobia Game Studio put a lot of love into the various environments of the game. There's not really a whole lot of controls in this game, but yet Carrion feels very responsive and very vivid. It's amazing how much control you have over this horrific creature despite only having so little controls to work with. The game's power-ups feel good, and they add like cool game mechanics to take down various enemies and solve Metrovania-style puzzles. The game doesn't overstay its welcome either, I really enjoy that. Carrion is a short experience that gets in, allows you to basically wreck some shit up, and then it gets out. It knows what kind of game it is, and as long as you don't get lost, you should be able to beat the main quest in about 4-6 to six hours. For such a short game, there's a decent amount of variety when it comes to Kyrian's puzzles as well. The puzzles can be tricky, but not overly hard. If you pay attention to your power-ups, you should be able to mow past them as well. So, 
It's not a perfect game, so let me run through some of the bad things that I found about the game. First of all, I hated that the game didn't have a map. It's so easy to get lost. To make matters worse, there aren't any nav points to tell you where to go next. While that helps you with immersion, it is annoying when you have to backtrack to areas constantly. It's easy not knowing if you're going in the right direction or if you're just backtracking for the just the sake of backtracking. And that kind of sucks. Another thing that I really didn't like about the game is the lack of story. One of the things that I really do value in video games is the art of storytelling. If you can tell a good story, you pretty much got me hooked in. I'll even play like bad gameplay games if it has a good narrative behind it. There's almost no narrative here at all though. You're a monster, you basically escape, you wreak havoc on anyone that stands in your way of total domination, and that's pretty much it. There's nothing else but the gameplay to motivate you to go forward in this game. That said, despite all the flaws that I just listed, this game is a real good time. Ultimately, this game did what it sets out to do. You get to play as a weird monster, you set out to dominate anything and everything, and you basically do that with no regard towards anybody or anything. It's a simple game, for sure, but I feel like you get a lot of enjoyment just by wrecking some shit up. Everything this game does, it does extremely well. However, its lack of story keeps it from achieving that all-time greatness level for me. Ultimately, I would definitely recommend you play Carrion on Xbox Game Pass. I think if you play it on PC and you find it for a deal, i definitely recommend it there as well. This is why I'm going to give Carrion my Nerdtacular Award for the week. Topic number two. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the Pro Nerd Report. As always, I'm your host, Sebastian SDM3, and this is the newest premiere podcast where once a week we talk about all that sweet and spicy, nerdy goodness that you need to know about. You can find this on the New Factions game site on YouTube.com, as well as all your favorite podcast services. If you want to support the show, as well as get the show a day early and get the show ad-free, you can do so by becoming a Patreon producer at Patreon.com slash the Pro Nerd Report. Now... I have a very special, very special guest for everyone today. We're going to be talking about all that sweet, nerdy goodness in the realm of video games. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the one, the only gaming bear. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Happy to be here. So, first time on the podcast. Is this your first podcast of all time? Uh, this is my first official guest appearance on a podcast. Yes, you, you, are, you are breaking new ground, sir. That's exciting. That's a podcast cherry right there. We're popping like I, I'm excited. That's right. <laughs> Be gentle, Sebastian. Be gentle. <laughs> I'll do my best. So for everyone that, that hasn't been introduced to you yet, we're going to run them through and let them get to know you a little bit. So I'm going to ask you a little series of questions here. All right. All right. Shoot away. All right. So where do you like to play games? What platform do you mostly play on? Uh, so mainly I'm on PC. Um, it's just easier for streaming and um, and just the fact that, you know, let's let's face it. Steam has like every video game that you could ever desire. PC, it's hard to get away from it. Like I have an Xbox Series X that I, I don't I love playing, but I always wind up going back to the PC. And uh, maybe one day I'll I'll own a PS5 if I can ever find one. <laughs> yeah, I understand what you mean. I have um the PS5, the Xbox Series X, and I'm trying to get into PC. Like I think the Steam Deck is where I'm kind of going to break into yeah. that pc mold have you seen that they broke it uh they jailbroke it so you can put a your switch uh emulator on it now yeah i, I saw that i saw <laughs> that 
man, they are like crazy cool with all these technologies coming out, especially like with that Steam Deck. I keep mad curious to see like what they come out with, like and like the innovations they do with that device. Oh, definitely. So you mentioned streaming earlier. Are you a YouTube streamer or your Twitch streamer? Uh, Twitch. Uh, so I finally broke the hundred follower mark. Um, I'm at uh 25 subscribers which uh also is a nice little quarter mark um so yeah i'm just chugging along i've been doing it doing it like seriously doing it for about uh under a year just under a year so i i feel like i'm doing pretty good i don't i don't know if there's a a certain uh, bar that i need to hit but i feel like i'm doing good no that's great congratulations so do you find it to be fulfilling do you like do you like being a twitch a twitch streamer uh yeah i mean it's amazing like you know just people that that uh you kind of build a community around and stuff like you know i recently took a hiatus because i was having some you know health stuff and uh um like people check up on you like they'll message you on your discord or 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 leave something in in twitch and be like hey man you're okay like i haven't oh, that's seen really you in cool. a while so it's like it's it's a really interesting dynamic as far as like social um because it's actually like social interaction with people as opposed to just social media like instant gratification posts and stuff like that it's like legit people like hey you good like are you how you been like are you good like which I, I find really interesting and uh, I really love uh, m- uh, made friends with a Canadian streamer. Um, yeah, I've been able to actually um, stream alongside um, some top tier Call of Duty streamers. So that also keeps me playing Call of Duty, even though it's like this love and hate relationship. So <laughs> I understand that, that it's definitely toxic. <laughs> it's definitely toxic. It's a toxic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Man, gaming is gaming is just playing what you love, man. So it's all love. So let me ask you. That segues into the next thing I wanted to ask you. What have you been playing lately? Call of Duty, obviously, that's still going. But um, man, I I'm a big huge fan of uh, you know campaign stories. Uh, I love uh, Mass Effect, Dead Space, um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Also the the sequel that just came out. I'm really pumped about that one. Uh, and then I'm about to start Elden Ring. Uh, which I everyone keeps telling me I need to run through Souls first before I can do Elden Ring, and I'm just like, I I I get uh, Dark Souls, but it's like such a grind that I don't know if it's gonna turn me off of Elden Ring. <laughs> so I'd rather just start with Elden Ring because it's the game is gorgeous. I'm gonna be honest, as a person who's played Elden Ring, I think like you can go into it without having to have to play Dark Souls and Demon Souls because like. I feel like while they're, they're the same in the sense of like how they play, you know, this is actually like open world. And so that gives it like a kind of a different feel to it. So I would just recommend diving straight into it. Is So is it kind of like a grown up um, Breath of the Wild? I think so. I think that's a really good comparison because but I think Breath of the Wild was more like, I guess the weird comparison that I'm about to make is like Elden Ring feels like it's an open world game, but it feels like it's stacked. Like there are layers to like, you can go down deeper into the earth. I feel like it's different in a way, but yeah, I feel like it is very much like a more mature version of like, of breath of the wild, especially when you like get into the enemies and like the, the way they look, the way, like the way you can play the game. I feel like, 
I almost feel like that's a good comparison. This is what like Breath of the Wild grew up to be, yeah. basically. <laughs> nice. I mean, you can't climb everything. I'm excited for it. Can you do those? Uh, what do you call it? Those uh, tree uh, where you or you do the little little spins and then you like start flying off into ob- the oblivion uh, from Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that kind of negates having to climb anything. So right. <laughs> I think Elden Wing is one of my my game of the years, but I I go back and forth between that and Horizon Forbidden West because I think Horizon is amazing. I actually think people are sleeping on that game. Like I think you know, like because it was more of the same from like Horizon um, Horizon Zero Dawn. I think most people just kind of shrug it off, but I think that game is a masterclass in like yeah. open world games. It's the same thing with like Mafia Two and Mass Effect Two. Like both those two mm-hmm. games went under the radar, and I honestly think they were better than the the original games because oh yeah because just just because they were able to mature and like the technologies that they were using, and also not only that, but they like matured the gameplay to where it was a lot more of a flow as opposed to like especially like on Mass Effect, like it definitely felt like you know that uh bethesda type of um here is a person i talk to the person i get a quest and then move on as opposed to on mass effect 2 like it was more of a flow like a dialogue where you could alternate the story depending on how you decided to to communicate with that person but it didn't feel like you were selecting options it was like you know what i'm gonna be an asshole to this person <laughs> so you know just because they they rubbed you the wrong way or something like that but like you had the opportunity to play it cool but you decided you know you you want to be aggressive or, or whatever yeah i um i completely agree with you and i think that's one of the like faults i have with bethesda games right now is like they give you a sense of control but not like a sense of like actually being like free to make your own like real dynamic choices in the world it's almost like the illusion of having choices versus not actually having them yeah and even in mass effect like you still had a a linear story that you followed but because you're so like into the characters like you didn't feel like you were playing along as the character as opposed to this is the character that I'm playing in in a video game. Yeah, for sure. Or, like you had to play where you had to sacrifice one of these characters that you got to know or didn't get to know. Um, it was either really easy to, to give up one or it was really hard to decide between the two. And I, I think that's what like for Mass Effect, there's such an in-depth story that you get to know these characters and, you know, um, you know, it doesn't help that you get to bang whoever you want to bang in the game, because it does create that almost like that psychological like attachment to that per- to that uh that character, and and whether whether you know you're doing it just for shits and giggles, like you still have that little bit of a connection with that that character that you're like when you do have to decide between two characters that you know you've you've grown to love. Uh, as far as the character you're like which one do i sacrifice like one is willing and the other one is willing as well you know for the greater good but at the same time you're like no these are both you know (laughs) people that i care about as far as in the game and so i i love that about in elden ring it was kind of like do i want to be a dick or do you you know you know what i mean like you really didn't care either way but you're just like all right let's see what skyrim yeah i get what you mean though or not Elden Ring. Uh, yeah, Skyrim. yeah. I would definitely say like I've been replaying the Legendary Edition, and I've been absolutely loving it. And I've a person who played like all three original games, but I think you're right. Like one of the things that that game does like masterfully is like 
really making these people feel like well these characters feel like actual people and i can't really say a whole lot of games do that even to this day so i think that's one thing i would really just commend bioware you know um the mass effect studio what was it bioware yeah and same thing with um like and i know i'm gonna get some hate for this but cyberpunk exact same way like it's a very like surface shallow story but the characters are lovable enough that you're just like okay i buy into it right like your favorite ice cream flavor video game you're gonna play it because you like it it's not necessarily good for you but (laughs) you're gonna play it. you know a lot of people give that game a lot of shit but i actually think like it innovated a lot of different mechanics that we haven't like seen yet in video games like the fact like you can talk to people and it's seamless like it's not like a basic cut scene where you're talking to someone you can walk away while you're talking to somebody i don't remember any game that does that yeah and i I think grand theft auto 5 you still had the person chasing you like the person kept chasing you while they were talking it's like i'm talking to you get back (laughs) yeah that's true because i'm like it struck me like when i was playing um cyberpunk and i even played like the next gen upgrade just to see if like how much it improved over like over the original version and i really am impressed that the fact that it's like a seamless integration between actually like walking around and then talking to someone and it's not like you're just trapped in that like imaginary glass box where you have to hit end conversation to get out of the conversation what else are you playing you said you were playing mass effect you're playing call of duty what else you playing um uh, dead space oh i love me some good horror games um dead space is probably um top three up there i i don't know what it is about that game i think it's the fact that like when they were developing it they like specifically tried to scare each other by not telling each other that they were putting in jump scares and like i love that like i love the fact that like a developer had fun making it and i felt like it it showed in the game you know like it may got a little the story may have gotten a little lost in like two from two to three but um i i, lo- I love the fact that like this little easter eggs in the, were in the game from the developers i love the fact that like um uh the ceo did blind playthroughs in order to make sure that he felt like it was a it was an amazing product that they're putting out that it wasn't just something just a a piece mm-hmm. like the the shareholders type of thing i i thought that was really cool the fact that he would do blind playthroughs like he wouldn't go in and and see levels being built he would purposely like you know avoid you know seeing them so that he could actually play and experience it firsthand like i thought that was that was pretty awesome that really is dope so i think this begs the question though and this is you know a little deviating off the topic of today's show but i think because you brought up dead space i have to ask which one are you looking forward to more the dead space remake or Callisto protocol oh um because they're both coming out like they're both coming out in the same month in january of next year i mean aren't they the same child that, that's exactly <laughs> what i was thinking it's almost like having like an older brother and a younger brother but they're both from the same family and both like yeah they have that same core identity yeah i mean if you think about it there's like a whole generation of kids like yes i am stating my age here but there's a whole generation of kids that are going to experience dead space for the first time and um and so I kind of feel like it's 
they're like twins. They're not. It's not really like a uh, like an older child, younger child. I think it might be like more like twins because they're gonna come out and people are gonna play Dead Space and find that amazing. And then I, the gameplay that I saw on Calypso today is just insane. Like, um, it looks amazing. It looks like it looks like the cutscenes when you were a kid that you were like, man, I wish the video game looked like that. And then you realize, no, wait, that's the way the video game looks like. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for both. I, I can't, you can't make me pick between the two. <laughs> I refuse to, I refuse to answer. I got you. I got you. I thought I'd <laughs> at least try. So here on the show, here on the pro Nerd report for every new guest, we like to do a segment called top three, you know? So this is where we ask the guests, basically their top three in their specialized field of interest. Okay. So gaming bear. What is your top three video games of all time? Top three video games of all time. Wow. Okay. Um, first and foremost, Kirby's Dreamland. Um, it was what? Yes, that's surprising. Yes, Kirby's Dreamland has a very special place in my heart. Um, it was the first and only game that I ever beat on the NES. Yes, that is. <laughs> this is this is this is what. The culmination of my NES career um, is Kirby's Dreamland. So, um, yeah, it holds a very special place. Um, has an amazing end end sequence uh, with music, uh, flashing lights, and everything. So, if you have suffer from um, seizures, please don't don't watch that. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an amazing game. Um, the fact that you could like suck enemies into your body which i i don't know how to say that without making it sound weird and then like use their like weapons against them like i thought that that was just badass and uh so yeah i'm actually going to be playing the new kirby game which i can't remember the name for but um uh, i'm actually excited about playing that that game um and then for number two man uh, Kirby the Forgotten Land. Forgotten Land, yes. That's what I'm going to... I just had to look it up because I was just like, I just... I know I have that game on my Switch. I ne I never <laughs> touched it, though. I mean, hey, if, I don't know if you can gift it, but... <laughs> <laughs> you would love to try it out, huh? I'd love to try it out. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be playing that next. Um, and I'm going to be streaming that one as well. Um, and then... Uh, oh, man, this is rough. Um... So, is it Dead Space? Is Dead Space in that three? Oh man, um, I want to say number two is going to be Mass Effect. Okay. Okay. Um, and then wait, well, hold on, hold on. Is it Mass Effect one, two, or three? All, the whole series. Like I can't, you can't okay. make me okay. pick. Okay. We'll you can't make me pick. <laughs> I'm not going to. It's just, it's just the entire series Mass Effect. Okay, we'll we'll call it Legendary Edition. It's <laughs> is your top three. In, basically because yeah, it's a it's, collection of all three we'll say legendary exactly edition. exactly that's what we'll say um oh man uh, and then for the third and final this is this one's hard because it's kind of a a um not a lot of people are going to agree with me but gears of war the first one has a special place in my heart because it's the first time that we we got a glimpse of next gen graphics so to speak and it had a freaking machine gun chainsaw 
And when you shot somebody with a sniper in their head, it made the most gratifying popping sound. Um, and so that's, that game got me into shooters. Like, I would not be playing Call of Duty if it weren't for Gears of War. So, you know, because of that game, I learned about uh, multiplayer toxicity. <laughs> I learned about uh, trash talking in the chats. I learned, <laughs> I learned so many great deal of things, but I also learned that uh, hand and eye coordination as far as like shooter games is, is a lot of fun to, to master or at least try to master. So, yeah, Gears of War, uh, the, first, the first Gears of War. Plus that crazy storyline. Okay, so, so. Are, are you more of a Gears of War person than a Halo person? Oh, okay. So Halo, I love Halo. Um, but, and I have a lot of really good memories with Halo as a kid, uh, playing with my brothers and sisters. We, I, I have two sisters and a brother, so we'd play the you know four on the screen um, mm-hmm. and then accuse each other of, of <laughs> screen sniping. And... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like we would play that, and I love I love Halo and everything. It's just it does it didn't it didn't stick with me. Like I still play Gears of War from time to time. Like I'll still run the campaigns just for fun. Like oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like I I haven't really touched Halo very much. Like I still play Gears of War just because I love the entire ideology of uh, of. Um, it's not going to be a spoiler alert. Gears of War has been around forever, so if you don't know the story of it, just FYI, spoiler alert. Um, the fact that like um, humans destroy their own planet and then go to another planet and then destroy themselves on another planet, like we just don't, we just don't figure it out. No matter how advanced we get, we just don't figure it out. Um, and I don't know why that that resonates with me. That that morbidity of of just being, you know sadists and masochists i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so we just i understand just i think do- like you know i can understand why one story would like appeal to you over the other because i'm like they are even though they're in this shooter genre they are very different types of shooters and very different types of lore behind each shooter yeah yeah i mean you know call of duty is just kind of like history fictional fictionalized and um yeah for sure and so you you kind of you have that detachment of you know it's it's a game that you kind of like get good at and that's that's all that there is to it like i can be Mm -hmm. i can say that i'm good at call of duty right like that's it um and with gears of war it's more like you know what i've I've played all the all the stories i've like even played the lost episodes i've you know like like where are they going to go from here like i was um, yesterday years old when I found out that like um, all the bad guys from the first three games were all different types of bad guys, but they were made in the same factory. Like, you know, that type of like, you know, lore behind it or story behind it. I, I love that. I, I appreciate that as opposed to call of duty where it's just, you know, war all the time, pretty much. Yeah, I can completely understand that, though. I mean, like I said, it, it kind of like appeals to a different kind of crowd. And I can get why the lore sort of speaks to you in that sort of way, because I think where is Halo kind of is stumbling out of the blocks with this TV show. I think Gears of War would make a fantastic TV show because it has like a tighter storyline. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but so, you can take it anywhere. Like if you want. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. If you wanted to make it to where like 
you know, we humans have been lied to and they're just, you know, going from one planet to another, conquesting everything. And then they, they, they create their own fictional enemy so that they can go to another planet. Like, you know, you could do that or you could do like, you know, the, the basic, you know, us versus them type of storyline. Sincere, I didn't know you were this like huge in the Gears of War. <laughs> I'm going to have to have you on again to just like fantasy cast a Gears of War movie. Oh God. I think that'd be a really interesting topic. Oh, uh, Dave Bautista as Marcus. Hold on, hold on. You got to save that juice for the next episode. You can't just give them. You just preview. can't give that to them. It's a preview. It's just yeah, a, you, okay. You can give the preview. people a little preview, a little yeah. a little taste, a little yeah. sample. It's, that's just a preview. Uh, you guys okay. will be blown away by who I pick for Coltrane, okay? Okay, okay. So tune in on his next appearance. We're going to have him on the show very soon. And we're going to we're going to basically, you know, like run through our dream casting for the Gears of War franchise yeah. movies. That's what we're going to do on his next appearance. I just wanted to But on a this appearance. Oh yeah, got to give the people what they want. Got to give them a little little snack. So, but on back on this appearance though of of you of you having you here. I want to talk about new technology that's coming out in gaming or something you would like to see like a new new piece of technology that you would like to see yeah. implemented in gaming going forward do you have anything off the top of your head oh, do you have some LIDAR. kind of dream fantasy of like lidar we what were we, you saying? we need lidar like i think i think the fact that lidar is being used for like um autonomous driving cars like the fact that we still play with a controller or the fact that we um, you know, still have, you know, uh, a monitor in front of us that we don't really, and we haven't moved to virtual reality or some type of like headset goggles or st stuff like that. Like, I feel like LIDAR could help out with like a lot of the, um, the controls, you know, you pick up like an, an object, like whether it's a gun or, or, um, or or uh, what's it called like a a fishing reel or if you pick up you know do you feel like that's similar to what we have um currently with like the ps like the ps um the ps headset like the the playstation headset and like the was it the new oculus yeah i feel like i feel like it's there they're just not really utilizing it you know because it it takes money to develop that you know like imagine yeah. if you wanted to play gears of war and you go down to your local GameStop, which you know may not exist anymore in the future, but um, you pick yourself up a a a, um, a a badass Gears of War rifle with a chainsaw thing on there, and you know according to the movements that you do with the, the gun, the lidar picks up and you you do that in game. Like I think that would be really cool and immersive to be able to do that. Uh, not to mention like a lot of people like. Uh, ha on tiktok have been showing those big huge screen wall wall screens like you know imagine being in a room and you have a lidar sensor that's just picking up your movement and it, it you know trends you know puts it into the game i think that'd be amazing so i i think you're a big proponent of like the vr space right i love i love the idea of virtuality i just don't think it's there yet like it's it's very limiting like i it, i i use uh virtual reality sometimes and um, my biggest complaint is that it gets you get tired of having the headset on. 
And I think the okay, yeah, I can understand yeah. that. What what do you play on uh, VR? Um, right now I am starting um, uh, Half Life Alex. Oh, okay, I've actually heard great things about it though. But what do you think? Yes. Um. So I I just did just did the the the, the start of it, and the amount of like control that you have is amazing. That's the first thing that I noticed. Like you can literally pick up objects off of the ground. So if there's a can, if there's a, a bottle, a glass, you know, anything like anything around you, you can pretty much pick it up and, and manipulate it in some way. Okay. So that's, that's fascinating. So have you um seen the new like VR horizon game that's coming out? No, I have not. Yeah, so like um, Horizon Forbidden West <laughs> and Horizon Zero Dawn, like there's a you know a spinoff game that's primarily in VR coming out called Horizon Call of the Mountain. Wow! And it looks gorgeous. It looks like an actual PS5 game. Like that one to me wow. is like that's one of the first like VR games I've looked at and said, oh, like we're starting that's to it. get like to real gaming now. Yeah. So is it going to be? the actual game of of uh, horizon zero dawn or so from my understanding like no um you're not playing as aloy you're playing as like a side character that's still in that same world so um oh, what okay. i think like a lot of the controls based on the trailer kind of looks the same you still have a dodge you still have like mm -hmm. primarily using you know bow you know bow weapons and combats and like modified bow and arrow like weaponry to like take down the take down the like dinosaur i i'm trying to think of the technical term for them um i'm just gonna call them mech dinosaurs <laughs> mechasauruses you mechasauruses that's a good term for it <laughs> yeah so you're still doing that um but yeah. yeah i think horizon call of the mountain and i think um the new resident evil games the fact that they're putting those in vr and they play very similar to like the game i think there's a little bit of a hiccup here and there but like they're relatively like almost like a 1v1 comparison to the like the original games like resident evil 7 yeah. resident evil 8 and such like that but i think I those mean, are I taken thought, oh what were you saying i thought that i thought that biohazard was uh biohazard vr was such a uh a success like i i played it and it is creepy how how much you get into the game. Like you can look around corners, you can peek corners. Like the fact that you, um, you have that immersion of, of feeling like you're trapped inside of a house. Um, like it's, it's legitimately like one of the VR games that you need to be sitting down to play because you will take off running <laughs> if if some if something scares you. Oh, I imagine so because I'm I'm a chicken yeah. anyways. Like <laughs> if I hear a noise in my house right now, I might just take off running. So I I completely understand that that logic. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I I think like we're coming along in VR, but uh, very slowly. It is it has been yeah. like a minuscule process, and I think like. I think the technology's there because we're seeing it in like Half Life, Half Life Alex. We're seeing it in Horizon. Yeah. We're seeing it in Resident Evil. I just don't think like the studios are adapting it. It's you know it's it's really um, it's sad, but like the fact that it doesn't make money the way that they want it to is the only deterrent right now as as far as its advancement. Oh yeah, so, for like, sure. The minute it breaks a billion dollars, uh, pure revenue, that's when they're going to be like, "All right, we're on board." You throw a Call and, of Duty you know, on that thing, and like it, the gaming industry is going to like suck it I up. I was at that thinking, point. 
yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like the minute you have an ability to like make it competitive with, uh, you know, with a keyboard and mouse, then you're going to you're going to make some money. Oh yeah, for sure. Can you imagine Fortnite on that thing? Like the the world would explode. <laughs> like VR would be the next big thing yeah. at that point. I mean, just concerts alone. Imagine having a a Fortnite concert. Yeah, know, for sure. In in virtual reality and stuff. So. That is probably like, uh, and this is probably going to like show my age a little bit. Like I'm a little bit on the older side of of like the OG gamers, and I've never played Fortnite before. Never have. <laughs> Okay, so believe it or not, there is now um, a zero build version of it where you don't build anything. That's more of my all, alley. All the, yeah, and now it's just a third part, a third person shoot 'em up. That's and, more of my uh, alley because I'm like, I never wanted to actually build a house while trying to avoid like getting shot at. That never appealed to me. Oh, it's it is bananas. These kids are are like like their own construction company when it comes to like defending themselves from bullets like like you will you will legitimately fire one shot and by the time you like like you know line up your shot for the second one with the sniper he's already have like an entire house built around him so <laughs> that is so crazy. It's like yeah there's like definitely a skill gap that exists and uh it fortnite does a good job of like putting you in what you know what the kids are calling bot lobbies for your first few games to help you you know get um you know get get the get the the wheelhouse of how how the game plays and um and so like like i i got really overconfident and and so i was like doing really well and i i like won like one or like one or two games and then it stuck me in like an actual lobby where like actual people that play it play and it was like i couldn't do anything i couldn't breathe i would die immediately Oh, so it was so, basically uh, <laughs> like, oh, this is for the serious players now. You're you're yeah, in the big leagues yeah. now. Yeah. So when they took away the building, like I was able to go in there and actually play. Like it it was it was night and day as as far as like being able to keep up with the people that play. Because I mean, at that point, it's just a hand and eye coordination as far as building as or not 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 building. It's just shooting. You know, it's just Call of Duty, pretty much. That's dope. Yeah. That feels like a, a huge step up, but back on the subject of like technology, is there any other t pieces of the technology you want to see implemented in video games? Because I think VR does need to take a huge step up, and I'm hoping with that new um, PSVR 2 headset, it kind of does take that step up. Yeah. Virtuality, definitely. Um, another, another thing that I've noticed and I've kind of seen companies play with is like um visual like light immersion so like you have like a light bar going around your television mm -hmm. and it'll project light based off of what's on the screen and i think that's that's a very really cool feature like i went to uh i actually Best have one of those set it up. nice you're talking about like and um i'll have to send you a link but you're talking about like the goofy um goofy like tv immersion light bars yes yeah yes and um and they have like they have entire like rooms that you could essentially like project um, what, what, what is going on around you behind you. Like, even though it's, it's not technically like virtual reality, you could essentially be able to look behind you to see if somebody's coming up from behind you without turning in 
on the on screen. Now that's a step and up so from I, the one I have because the one I have yeah. is just like a basically almost the equivalent of a TV light strip, and it kind of like has a camera in the front of it and that it looks at the TV of all times, so it can mimic like the colors and the color scheme that's on the TV. What you're talking about is like a huge step up from that. Yeah, exactly. Like th- I think th- that um, projecting like what's going on in the video game around you, even though you're playing a two dimensional screen, you still have like, you know, a projection of it around you in a, in a room so that if something is sneaking up behind you, you can actually physically move your head to look and see. And then in the game, you rotate it, you know, around to, to deal with it or, or, you know, run away from it or, or whatever. And I it's think that ambiance that, that is adding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a that's, that'd be a good baby step towards virtual reality to where you don't have a headset on is where you know you're protect you're projecting multiple images around you. Um, obviously, you're going to have a very boring room when everything is turned off because it's just going to be white walls. But um, yeah, <laughs> like, but you know, I mean that's dope cool though. To, yeah, and um, another thing that I've I've seen is uh, sound. So like. Um, like I remember as a kid, like you would like play video games and you would think, man, imagine if dad let me hook it up to the surround sound system. And then like you would hook up the video game to the surround sound and you'd get really nice bass and highs and mids, but there wasn't actual surround sound to it. And um, I feel like we kind of went away from it because PC, you know, you have a really nice headset on, you have spa- a window spatial audio. And so... It's like, you know, surround sound, you know, who? And so, like, I kind of feel like maybe that's a, another avenue that games could play in. Um, I know Dead Space was really big on um, having, like, an, immers- an immersive sound to the video game. And one of the reasons why I love it, because it was one of the very few games that I would put into a surround sound system. And you can actually select, like, 7.1 or 5.1 or whatever. And you would legitimately hear like little little ticks and uh, going around you or footsteps coming up from behind you, um, which totally adds to the whole game, like the whole experience of the game. And I feel like the same things that you take from the movies, you know, that that make a great movie, sound, video, um, lighting, all that stuff, you can apply it to your experience in your living room. And I feel like. I mean, that's that's kind of low-hanging fruit that we haven't really, you know, gone after. I agree with that because, like, I I like what I have right, right now is the 3D Pulse headset that Sony has out for the PS5. Like, I use yeah, that nice. quite a bit, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Like, I played Horizon, and then I played um, Returnal, and, and Sp- Spider-Man is, like, one that really, like, took me aback because I can hear, like, the sounds of the city even like out of distance, I can hear like cars honking and such like that. And they, you can kind of get like a sense of distance with that. And I love that technology. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing because like I, I have played games where I've actually looked behind me, even though I, I know I'm looking at a two dimensional monitor. Like I've actually looked behind me because I, I legitimately felt sound, you know, or a sense to threat behind me. And it's all because, you know, whether you hear it or not, there's still some sound go- going through that, 
kind of gives you that impression of like, you know, wind passing by you because someone's behind you. That's something I would want. Like, I think like that's the next step up from like the 3D headset that Sony has out with the PlayStation. Because if they make like a 3D pulse surround sound, I'm buying that day one. <laughs> uh, as long as it's reasonable. Exactly. Yeah. With, with Sony, it's going to be like... In, insanely expensive like the first week and then they're gonna like you know uh discontinue it the next day and then it'll be cheap <laughs> yeah that that'll break my heart yeah. too i'm like man i do not <laughs> want it to be like discontinued because i want a lot of people to like adapt that because yeah. yeah. i think the more people and the more game like game developers like adapt that technology the better we'll be in the long run as far as immersion goes yeah because i'm like can you imagine xbox adapting that and putting that on like some of their big like temple franchises like forza like oh, the yeah. hear the engine or hear cars coming up behind you oh definitely that'd be so dope or or like being able to hear which side or which tire is like about to pop like imagine if, if oh my goodness like if you felt like if you felt vibration on your controller right but you also heard it like from coming from the passenger side front tire like you, that's just something like if you felt like the rumble and then oh my my right tire is about to pop i need to go to the pit like you know that's just like another level of immersion that you could do and especially with like um uh what's what what's a good game so like games like resident evil there's a lot of atmosphere to it you know, like the entire game has like, depending on which one you're playing, whether it's like five, six, seven or eight, like there's like an entire atmosphere to it. So like for, I believe it was five that you're like, it's the one in Africa, I think. Like mm -hmm. there's this yeah. whole entire color tone to that whole entire scene that makes you feel like you're like on the set of like Blood Diamond. And um, as far as like, the color the color tone to it but at the same time the sounds of like you know walking into a street that's like half dirt half pavement and then like also like listening to like the traffic or not the traffic the trash when you like step into like a pile of trash and hearing like cans rustle or plastic um like i thought that was pretty like pretty pretty intense in that game um but it was, again, it was one of the few games that I actually played on that, you know, surround sound system or, or, you know, making, making it, you know, feel like you're actually there type of thing as far as sound is concerned. Um, that would be insanely dope. I'm like, I'm, and you got me thinking about the racing aspect and I'm not even a racing gamer, <laughs> but I'm like, can you imagine having like the lights we talked about with the surround sound we talked about yeah. with like that headset that you that's available that i mean not the headset but the steering wheel yeah. like that's available and you can be like fully immersed and make it feel like you're driving a real car at that point i don't know why you'd want to you can just drive your car <laughs> but you know yeah but you can't drive it fast. i'm like it's crazy yeah that's true that's true and this in this game you can ricky bobby the shit out of this oh, yeah. world Definitely. and basically like do whatever you want that's another thing like i i honestly think that the game that's gonna break virtual reality and augmented reality or anything like that into like the mainstream to where it's like something that everybody has to have uh is going to be grand theft auto like man i was just thinking of that like i feel like if you made a grand theft auto augmented reality to where you you know you have like google maps or whatever um 
was it Gigantic that made uh, Pokemon Go? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you played on their software to the point where your neighborhood was Grand Theft Auto and you had these augmented reality um, missions that you you got to play, like I feel like that would be the next level for, for video games would be just the ability to be like, hey, I'm going to in real life meet with my friends and we're going to run a <laughs> bank robbery mission <laughs> in Grand Theft Auto. But like in real life, like I think that would be probably the next step. And you would have like these like you could, you know, you could rent out a building um, to where you can augment reality a bank into it and then you know you have this whole entire gameplay that wouldn't exist otherwise basically at that point have you seen that movie um free guy with ron yes, reynolds exactly exactly that is exactly what it'd be like yeah, at that point yeah. i was uh there uh there's a show on um netflix you can censor this out if you don't want to use name brands but netflix has this uh uh the show called in the future of, and then it gives you whatever. And then uh, the video that I watched was uh, video games and they were talking about how augmented reality could be the, f- the future. I mean, it'd be very boring buildings because everything would be white or have like digital markers, but like you would put in some contacts or like you would have something embedded into your eyes and everything would appear for you as though something is there. And so like, I think that that'd be pretty cool to see is, is, you know, something like that to where, you know, you're not wasting money on cheap furniture. That's going to be thrown, thrown away. It's going to be something that you could just augment if, especially if it's just for aesthetic purposes only. And so I, I think that would be pretty cool. Like you walk into a store and the only thing is a counter where you, you would make your purchase and then everything else would be blank walls. And then you make your digital purchases that you pick up at the counter. Like, I think that would be pretty cool. And then, and sort of gaming. That would be (laughs) really cool. I wonder though, like if people can like compute, like the difference between reality and gaming at that point, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be like, I can, I just don't know the difference anymore. <laughs> well, that's the thing though. Like, I feel like that's, that's kind of like the, the progression of humanity. Like if you think about in the sense, like if we didn't have politics and, um, and, and just like overall the governments that we have, like if we were just in it for the sake of humanity, like you would essentially move into the point where you could shed your mortal coil so to speak and just be completely digitized like i feel like that would be the next the next level so imagine like not having to feed humanity because they're all downloaded into like a a mainframe and not having to like you know pollute or or save a lot of space because you know and you just have like a few a few humans that before they they get digitized they like you know do the maintenance and and all that like i just feel like that would be pretty cool like i don't know if you've ever seen um uh chappy the the robot yeah i have like mm-hmm. i i love that idea of being being able to record your consciousness or or take it out of your body and putting it into a uh a mechanized body like i feel like that would be amazing like if you wanted to stop existing you could just turn off the switch one day you know after a thousand years of existence or or whatever but at the same at the same sense you you do get to see like you know humanity move on into wherever it goes 
for better or for worse. The next phase, basically. Yeah. <laughs> or, Man, I, I don't know. There's going to be some people who are going to like battle against it, but then there's going to be like a huge, a huge library of people that's going to be like in great and like embrace that. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's going to be like such a touchy, like political landscape whenever we get to that point in life. I mean, I I also the, think it's like the loaders versus the unloaders are the the real realist versus like the <laughs> the the divers, the deep divers, or whatever they'll call it the, the, back then or forward in time. The bionics versus the digitizers. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's like we get we that's have a, a lifespan from from birth to death. Damn it! <laughs> For real, that is. That's an interesting concept, yeah. though. And 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 the one that the you're gonna think this is crazy, and we might actually need to talk about this later. Um, especially if we're gonna, if you ever want to do like a remake episode of Independence Day movies. Um, but Independence Day Resurgence, have you ever watched that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so like the little sphere, um alien that basically is like a digital representation of what they used to be by all uh you know biology wise is is basically their 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 species decided that they didn't want to be you know held in the restraints of of biology and so they just digitized them their 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 sentient being into a machine and that's what the sphere is it's essentially an alien and um, I just I find that fascinating. I find that ide- ideology of like, you know what? We don't need to eat things. We don't need to, you know, as long as we have electricity flowing through us, like we we're good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just find that. Yeah, for sure. That would be a cool concept. Yeah. And then imagine, you know, being able to play video games. If you wanted to inhabit a body, you could inhabit a body and have this entire, like, you know, you know, everybody's talking about the metaverse, but like the, you know, have this whole entire matrix of, of, you know, I want to go play video games like on ready player one, like you can go to, uh, to, uh, Fortnite planet and play Fortnite. If you wanted to go to, you know, gears of war planet, you can go play your gears of war, mass effect and et cetera, et cetera. I just think that'd be amazing. I imagine that's like the only reality in which I'm going to be able to duck a basketball. <laughs> you know, I can just zoom myself onto like the space jam court and you finally know, just live out my dream and duck a basketball. <laughs> that is, that is actually, it's funny that we have the same dream. That's one of my dreams is that I want to dunk a basketball. Um, that's exactly, I mean, I'm sick. for everyone who hasn't ever done that, that's like a still like a fantasy dream of theirs. Like, for anyone just that, let me dunk it once. For anyone that ever stood outside at a, at a park holding a basketball, looking at a hoop, and just having watched um, Space Jam, uh, slam dunking a, a basketball is the pinnacle of your existence. It really is. It really is. And like, my arm doesn't necessarily have to stretch exactly. like ten thousand feet for me to do it, but if if it had to, I would gladly like give myself up to science and <laughs> enable them to give me that ability. But I mean, could you imagine if you could put yourself in a robotic body that can jump like twenty feet up in the air? Like, why would you not want to do that? Like, man, that'd be dope. Like, be able to that'd climb Mount Everest. Like, you still have the experience of climbing Mount Everest. You just do it in a computer, or not a computer, in a robot, and 
you know, you do it with ease. <laughs> you break the record. For many of us nerds, that would be like completely satisfying. Yeah. But you know, those like, like real like health junkies out there would be like, man, that's not the real thing. You know, like you didn't basically climb it. Yeah. It's the it's the experience of climbing it is what counts. I mean, I still think it's an experience. Like, I mean, you're still experiencing climbing and grabbing rocks and and doing all that. You might not experience the cold or the frostbite. I mean, I just feel like it's a smarter way of doing the thing that they're doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, my nerdy ass would be ready to take it to the next stream and like just put me in an Iron Man suit and fly me up there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fly me up there yeah i think I so think video- i got one last qu- oh go for it what's go up for it, go for it i was about to say i got one last major question one last major topic before you have to go i know you have a lot of things to do i want to ask what is your top tv shows during the pandemic era oh my gosh uh stranger things okay okay um we got into the- so immediately that that came up. That was like the immediate number one, huh? Yeah. I mean, are we gonna talk about it? Because it, it, it's 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 an event. Like, <laughs> well, especially. All right, give me a give me the non spoiler <laughs> like impression of this last season. Oh my god! What what did you think? Um. Surface level, did you love it? Did you hate it? What did you think? If okay, this is the way I'm gonna ex- explain this. If Stranger Things was like a military organization. I would be enlisting today. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's devote love, basically. Exactly. Like, you are ready to go. I'm I'm ready to fight Vecna on any you you, you water, land, sea, air, whatever. Like I'm ready to fight Vecna. <laughs> Okay, okay. So th- is that your number one show during the pandemic era, yeah. basically Stranger Things? Stranger Things, um, also uh, Star Trek, anything Star Trek. I love I love me some Star Trek. I got into Picard. Okay. Um, a Discovery, huge Discovery fan. Oh my gosh. Uh, if you have So do you think it, that's the best like the best out of the the newer Star Trek shows right now, Discovery? Picard is better. Okay. But Discovery is Picard is Picard is different than Discovery. I know people are going to fight me on this, but I feel like Picard is kind of like a uh like somebody didn't have the the money to make a Picard movie, so they decided to make that movie or that show. And so it's kind of its own thing. And uh Discovery is kind of like Star Trek continued, so to speak, or well, I don't want to give away too much because it's do you feel like that is like discovery is more akin to like star trek next generation oh man it's really hard not to spoil um so because when i when i was thinking about it i was like man it feels almost like the the new version of like next generation almost okay so take the first um the first star trek and then make it have a baby with back to the future and then like date um doctor who in the metaverse for for a bit and that's what discovery is okay okay (laughs) so ladies and gentlemen i think you just got the most amazing pitch of all time for star trek discovery so and it plus picard's your favorite though picard is picard's always been my favorite it is it's john luke come on it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, 
engage. Let it be so. Like, you know, like, I just, it's Picard. So, like, you know, <laughs> I can't, I'm a fanboy of Jean-Luc Picard. So, I, I, I'm biased to it. So, Discovery is still okay, special so. to me, but Picard is, is, like, on another level. So he's your top captain of all time yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I I know I'm going to get go for it, but I, I he's the best, you know. I understand. And I, I love understand Voyager. You feel. By the way, I love Voyager. I am a huge Voyager mm-hmm. fan. Um, seven of nine was going to be my wife. Period. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was that was the goal. That was what was going to happen. It never did, but um. Uh, what's it called? Seven of Nine was uh, the reason why I watched um, Voyager. And then, oh, I forgot her name. Oh, my gosh. Which character? Hold on. I have to like, which, which, from what show? It's the captain from... Uh, from Discovery? From Voyager. Oh, from Voyager. Um, I can't remember her name either. I can't remember her name either. Ah, it's ah, it's slipping my brain right now. <laughs> I, I I I know people are going to be screaming in here. <laughs> Hold on, I got to look it's that at up. Your yeah. podcast. <sighs> what are they talking about? <laughs> so while while I'm looking this up, what what's some other shows that really have stood out to you during the pandemic oh, era? Oh man, you know there's this one show they canceled on Netflix, which I was really upset about. But it's um, I'm not made for this world anymore, or something like that. And I haven't heard of that one. It's um, that's rare that I have at least heard of a show before. I've never heard of. Did it get canceled like in the first season? Yeah, um, and it was really good. Um, I think it's called "I'm Not Okay with This." That's what it's called. Okay. Um, it came out in. Uh, 20, early 2020 and um, it, it's basically this awkward girl uh, who I think she hits puberty and she finds out she's got superpowers um, when she hits puberty. Oh you got me now. Superpowers? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's Oh yeah my viewers know I, I love all things superpowered. <laughs> so um, they it came out Jamie and I watched it and I, if I'm not mistaken, and it says that it came out in 2020, but I remember, I remember the previews for this in 2016. And so what I th- it could have just came out later, you know, yeah. it could have they could have had like a first reveal during a Comic Con or you know just a trailer, and it just came out like four years later. Yeah, and I would I I'm also thinking that they they re released it to try to give it another chance. Because the way that their algorithm works, if it if people don't binge watch it, then they don't view it as a success, I guess. And um, obviously, everybody binge watch Stranger Things because we're on season five now, uh, going on season. Five. Yeah, and, and Netflix is notorious for canceling shows. <laughs> so, um, what's it called? So yeah, like I feel like they try to give it another go. Um, but I love the show, and you definitely should check it out. Um, it's got the girl from uh, It that plays um, uh, what's her name, but anyways, she's amazing in it, and it also has um, uh, the other guy from the movie It. Uh, 
Sophia Lillis and Wyatt Olaf. Those two, those two guys. Okay, I got what you. I get you. I get you. So you, um, is this now your Firefly, basically? Yeah. A show that was canceled <laughs> way too soon. Yes, this is my Firefly, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh I'm really sad that it did too. Catherine Mulgrew, golly, or Kate Mulgrew. I'm sorry, Kate Mulgrew. Um, she was the she was the um the cat. She's the actress that played the captain on Voyager, and I love her. She's my runner up. So it it'd be like uh Luke Picard and then uh her as the captain uh would be gotcha gotcha yeah, Discovery r- right after that because. Yeah, Kate Mulgrew has voiced some of my favorite audiobooks. Um, she does an amazing job. God, she's an amazing voice actress, um, as well as a regular actress. But uh, if you ever uh, do a, a good audiobook, uh, Nosferatu, she does an amazing job voice acting in that. And just reading it is just amazing. That sounds dope. If, if I'll have I to were, check that out. If I were a millionaire, I would have her read bedtime stories on Cameo t- to my children. <laughs> <laughs> I love her voice. That sounds dope. Yeah. So, any other like highlight shows you want to tell the, like the listeners about? Um. Oh, of course. Um, Attack on Titan. Oh man, I love the Attack on Titan. Oh my gosh. Oh, one of the best animes of this generation. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood will always be my top mm-hmm. go to a- anime for anything. Um, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We're going to have Titan. to dive deep into that and like on the next <laughs> next time you're here. I'm a, I'm I'm adding an itinerary here for like the next time you're on this podcast. Yeah. So I'm like an- anime of the year. I'm like best anime of all time list right there for you. But best it's of all time for me it's Full Metal Alchemist. Period. Okay. And um all right. F- number 2 would be I know you didn't ask for this but number 2 would be uh Akira. Okay. Yes. Then okay. Not a bad list. Yeah. Not a bad list. Yeah. You, you wait till you find out where Ninja Scroll is. So. What? <laughs> okay. 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 We're we're gonna have to like schedule that one. I'm I'm gonna add you on the books ASAP because this is gonna be an intriguing conversation right here. But yeah, everyone should definitely check out Attack on Titan, especially if you've never seen the show before. Like. Now that, you know, virtually you have, like, what, four seasons to catch up on? Oh, yeah. It is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I honestly, I wish that they would just do one of those um, where they put the whole storyline all together in one big story block. Like, like you know, one part one, two, three, four, and five. Because... Oh, yeah, for sure. Because the, the episodes feel way too short. I feel like... Like you get the intro song and then the outro song is like, you know, a few minutes after. So that's the problem with um, anime. And uh, I think that's another topic we'll have to discuss another <laughs> time. It's like, especially like, you know, dealing with like the because I think that's a perfect topic of dealing with um like Western shows and the fact that we make everything 45, 45 minutes versus like anime, which is basically like. 17 minutes long including like the intro and outro yeah i mean so you really only get like a tease there i mean you're you're talking about 
Americans and portion control, and that's like a whole another <laughs> another topic. Yeah, for sure, then <laughs> for sure, we're gonna have to dive into that on the next one. But I, so favorite thing I want to tack on Titan. What do you got? What's your favorite thing about it? Um, oh my god! Um, if you're pitching this to a person who's never seen it before, <laughs> what would you tell them? Okay, so Attack on Titan. It's like <laughs> it's like if all the burger joints in the world were at war <laughs> with each other. <laughs> Stay with me. Okay. If all the burger restaurants were at war with each other, right? And the two main ones was Burger King and McDonald's. And, <laughs> and you realize, like you realize halfway through the story, they're the same thing. Like they may, you may have different preferences as which is better, but there it's all the same thing. And this then this entire war of, of burgers is terrible because it's all the same thing, and you're all fighting about like, you know, where where, where does the lettuce go, and uh, and so yeah, like you're, it's um you know there's only one way to end the war, and <laughs> and uh, you'll have to watch the show and find out. Um, I didn't want to. I love how you just explained <laughs> Attack on Titan as like the '90s version of Burger King and McDonald's, like the the big robbery of yes. like fast food chains. Yeah. People are gonna watch that show and be like, "Fuck!" I was expecting like <laughs> fast food people to be going against each other. This bitch just got murked and ate alive by like a giant naked baby. Like they're not gonna be they're not gonna be prepared. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's basically you 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 think the story is going to go one way, right? You think like this is a fictional area place that I mean which it is. It's a fictional, you know, landscape where the city is being protected from, you know, giant like you said it monster babies that eat people. And you realize that, you know, it's just, you know, they're two different sides of a coin. So we'll just go of the same coin. So yeah, you'll you'll have to watch it. It's amazing. For sure, for yeah. sure. We're gonna have to do an attack on Titan and review then. Oh my god. Like to really just dive into all the spoilerly goodness of that. Yeah, like yeah, definitely. I could I could go on about that show forever. The frustrations, the anger, the the turmoil that it, it set when someone special near near dear to my heart dies um yeah we need to talk about that <laughs> man it's such a good anime i i recommend everyone out there who hasn't actually watched that to fully dive into it because it really is like yeah. one of the one of the better animes of the last generation i think this is one of the like crowning achievements of this generation's anime like yep. you should definitely check this one out it's and it's definitely a tough pill to swallow at first like um because it has that japanese lunacy that we know you know that is dear to our hearts and that we know and love but if you're not familiar with it you're going to be thrown off by what you see in the first few episodes um but stick with it because the story and the drama is exquisite uh so please do that it really is so, ladies and gentlemen, we are about out of time. We loved, loved having 
the gaming bear on today so for mr gaming bear where can the people find you um you can go to at the gaming bear 777 on tiktok or on twitch the gaming bear 777 um pretty much anywhere even on instagram it's the gaming bear 777 so um yeah just uh you know look me up check me out once again thank you gaming bear for joining us on today's show we're gonna catch you on the next one i'll let you later man it is an honor to be on the Pro Nerd Report. So I thank you very much for having me on the ground floor. I can't wait to see what you come up with and uh, definitely will be listening. Anytime you want me back, I will be here. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I just want to remind you that you can get Notable Nerds every single Thursday, and we're going to bring you the dopest guest in the nerd community. If you want to suggest a nerd that you think should be on the show or discuss topics of an episode with others, join us on the Pro Nerd Report Facebook group. Once you're in, go ahead and provide some feedback. The link to join us in the Pro Nerd Report free Facebook group is in the show notes. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope to catch you every single Thursday. Holla at your boy later. Peace.